0: Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you will be fine without it
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I am Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are The Minimalists. Welcome to episode number 71. Today, we're going to talk about media, and that can really mean social media. That can mean the news media. We've got some questions we're going to answer today. But Ryan, first, I I have to tell you, this one could be a total disaster. <laughs> I, I w- That's how I feel every podcast. <laughs> Thank you for keeping that in, internalizing it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Suppre- That's how I feel about my life every day. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is good, man. Suppress those emotions. Yes. yes. No, but I, I, I want to apologize in advance. I over prepared for this one. And we know how it, I have at least six pages of notes here. And um, I was up at 3 a.m. this morning. Which is redundant, three this morning or three AM. And uh I was watching videos about this stuff. I, I I was i <laughs> the, uh, the irony watching <laughs> the,
2: videos about media. Yeah, yeah. About
1: how <laughs> to like watch fewer videos. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean really this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart because it is yeah, we talk about once we get rid of the the sort of vapid problems of consumerism in our lives, and you've become a minimalist. Mm-hmm. It, you 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 never get there, right? You, it's always a journey toward living more intentionally, right? Yeah. And and for me, like, okay, I'm, I no longer have a shopping addiction or, right. or habit, but but there are other habits that come into place. And, and especially with the way technology is changing now mm-hmm. and, and, and the way information reaches us, it reaches us in a way that is different from any other period of time. If you look at, at some, um, psychologists, they'll, they'll tell you, well, yes, every generation has been faced with these types of w- with distractions, right? Sure. This is nothing new. The Facebooks and the Instagram and, and, uh, CNN.com or whatever. Like, it, it, this isn't new because we've always had distractions. You go back to the Stoics and they were like, well, y- your books are a distraction. They keep you from living uh, a real life. And, and, and so they encourage people often to get rid of their books. And, and that's not what we do. And we're not necessarily encouraging anyone to like, jump off of social media or get rid of your computer. You know, we're, not, we're not trying to be Luddites here. But the difference is, and and I was really intrigued by this. Um, he, here's some more irony for you. So Bex and I were out eating this weekend. We went to uh, James Bar, and there was a glowing screen on behind her head. And eventually, I just had to switch her seats because I, I, I'm like a three year old. Ella does the same thing. She sees the glowing screen and she just stares up at the glowing screen. I
2: can't focus on the people in front of you. It's so and and
1: that's no, a perfect metaphor, right? Yeah. Because that's what what I, I will do, in fact, there was a study that, that I, I read throughout the whole process of these many pages of, of notes uh, that if you put two people in a room and you just put an, amb- well, like your phone right there, even though it's an ambient phone, mm-hmm. it's turned off, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the level of connection and engagement between the two individuals in the room goes down something like 12%. And wow, even if it's a dead phone, meaning it's never worked like it's just one of those burner phones or a demo phone, There's just something psychological that takes your
2: attention away.
1: Exactly. And then especially when it's on. But anyway, th- what was on on that glowing screen behind Becca's head was um, and Becks just kept looking at me like, like What are you looking at? And I'm like, all right, turn around. Look at this. Because it was she knew we were going to record this podcast about media. Mm -hmm. And her and I have been talking a lot about this lately and, and removing those those distractions Uh, You you just put your phone in your pocket for the Mm -hmm. listeners here. Yes. I'm going to give us 12% more attention. (laughs) Well, and then it's decreased by 24% because you and I have glowing screens in front of both of us still (laughs) with all of our our show notes on it. So Beck turned around, saw the screen. She saw the screen, man. And it was, uh, first off, did you know Anderson Cooper is on 60 Minutes now? Really? Yeah. I'm so out of touch with like regular cable television
2: programs I th- that's not even cable he's or 60 whatever. minutes is cbs right prime, yeah, yeah i'm just i'm you don't just, have thinking bunny up, years? just thinking prime time no i don't uh, not, think bunny uh, i don't think you can
1: get channels with bunny
2: you have like a special digital antenna or something don't you
1: i was thinking of the bunny ears that mariah makes you wear sometimes
2: <laughs> josh that's personal <laughs>
1: <laughs> so anyway, uh, Anderson Cooper is on 60 Minutes now. And the thing they were doing, it's, it was called brain hacking. Was the mm-hmm. We'll put a link to this in the show notes. Sean, I sent it over to you this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there was no sound on the TV, so I'm trying to figure out. Like, But you could tell they're talking about being addicted to screens. And Anderson Cooper is giving his own sort of spiel. But they're interviewing experts, psychologists, and people in the tech industry in particular. And where I'm taking the story here is the difference between... The, the distractions of today versus the distractions of yesteryear uh, that the the biggest difference is that there at, at these big companies the new media new tech companies mm-hmm. they're paying thousands of engineers to try to aggregate your attention that has never been done before in the, in in a way like this so uh, a, a good example of this is uh, so you got
2: thousands of engineers on twitter like basically saying hey how can we make Twitter more engaging how can we how can we draw more eyeballs how can we keep someone's attention longer so that's why like when you scroll now the videos will automatically start playing or yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. literally the questions they're asking are questions like how can we ra- incrementally raise someone's cortisol level so they need to come back to this to get a hit of dopamine oh and, wow uh, Instagram does things now, and this is incredibly pernicious uh, but they they have algorithms that will hold off on your likes. So save a bunch of, you post a picture on Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. And they have, and they're doing these tests, like these experiments now with end users. You might be end user 733 for trial study 269, Mm -hmm. and they're going to send you a particular algorithm to see how you, you, you behave. So here's an example. If you post a picture, and then a bunch of people like it. I um, don't know, hundred people like it. Okay, they might save. That's the magic number for happiness, by the way. 100, 100 likes. Hundred likes. What well, yeah. the problem with that is? It always changes, right? Once you get, <laughs> w- once all of your pictures start getting hundred likes, then you want a thousand likes. I remember we, I posted one picture one time and it got eight thousand likes, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what if we could get to ten thousand? I mean, that was my first thought. I'm That's like, funny. Hey, Josh, it doesn't matter, man. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's irrelevant. What they'll do is you'll post that and you get 100 likes. Mm-hmm. They'll display only 60 right away. And then they'll give mm. you 30 in a quick burst. And especially people have these notifications turned on. Oh. And, and they know that if they give you a certain threshold of likes all at once, you're more likely to go back to the app and engage. Uh, the, the more pernicious example was Snapchat. Now I've never used Snapchat. I know you've used it occasionally in yeah. the past. Um, well, now you uh, can
2: again, you can do the same thing now with like Insta Instagram Insta Stories, right? Yeah, Facebook I think is doing it now. Yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah.
1: So uh, anyway, the, with Snapchat, one thing they'll do—it's it, the most addictive and most used app for teens. And by the way, teens are are, are more susceptible to addiction. Uh, because of the anxiety of of hitting puberty and and just that that post pubescent period and i remember how anxious i was in high school i'm still anxious now but like it's just an anxious time you you're you're vying for attention you're vying for acceptance right yeah In, in high school and so these devices just amp up the volume on that anyway what snapchat does is they they have this uh i guess when you can send snaps back and forth to individuals uh, on snapchat well they have the streak like you've talked josh you've talked to ryan 17 days in a row and you and what happens is they these people want to keep their streak going they've they've gamified they, the, the word is gamification they've turned it into wow you feel now compelled it's day 18 i don't have anything to send to ryan but now i have to in fact some teens when they go on vacation and they can't have their phones with them they'll give their Name, username and password to their friends, so their friends can keep that streak going because they don't want to lose their 37-day streak or their 119-day streak. Unbelievable. And so, so um, what does that streak get them? It doesn't get them anything other than a uh, an anxious uh, feeling if they don't if they don't continue the streak. And so, it gets them anxiety. It gets them. I mean, anxiety is really just a type of fear, right? Yeah. And, and so, many of that what's going unbelievable, man. I agree I, I think much of what's going on here is is in fact the the quote that I love this it, this was from that sixty minute segment I wrote it down uh we the these apps are or or just technology in general is on a race to the bottom of our brain stem, mm. so they're just trying to reach those mammalian instincts first and the, the only way to do that is to to engineer it to to uh, uh engineer it so that you are going after someone's fear or their pleasure the fear of missing out the fear mm-hmm. of breaking your streak the fear of losing in some way however you define losing losing for this person might be oh i broke my streak now i got to start all over right or that the 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 other side is pleasure Happiness, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and it's not real happiness. It's not lasting contentment. It's these little bursts. So during the sixty-minute segment, that they uh, hooked Anderson Cooper up to this like little brainwave thing, and they were measuring his cortisol boosts as every time he would get like a little message or notification. It was just enough that he didn't notice it in his physiology, but his brain was constantly letting go of cortisol. Wow and and some of the stats here were staggering, Ryan. I'll try to go through through a few of these before we hop into some questions here but so um, you know about the phantom vibrate so you you and oh, I yeah, dude. we used to work in telecom for
2: a long time and sometimes yeah you feel your phone vibrate yeah, you reach yeah. down there's no notification
1: or like you feel it vibrate and you reach down and realize that your phone's not even on you. Exactly it's not even there sometimes. 75 percent of people feel phantom vibrations. Uh, Regularly, yeah, You I I was getting that. The only way I could
2: stop that was turning off my notifications, Mm. and I do I don't get the phantom vibrate anymore because I might get one or two phone calls a day. Not even that. On average, I'll get one phone call a day.
1: But before it was like, especially when we had the BlackBerries back in the corporate world, it was constant vibrate. Oh yeah, constant. I got 250 emails a day, and that was a a lot. It's a lot now, but it was especially a lot for back then. Yeah, And, and on top of that dozens if not hundreds of text messages you know, you and I were, were managing a bunch of stores you're constantly in contact pinging people back and forth and that vibrate was just constant and so it, it, that I mean my cortisol levels must have been through the roof back then and it led to a lot of health problems by the time I was in my early 30s and I'm still dealing with it. I, I was at the doctor yesterday going through a uh, a hormone checkup and I've been doing some some hormone testing recently, and I've improved significantly from last summer, mm-hmm. but uh, I still have I still have a long way to go. And and so that's why this is so near and dear to me is I want to make sure that I'm limiting my stress levels, but also I, I don't want to miss out. I don't want to be the old fogey who is just like, well... That stuff's bad. Let me get back to reading my newspaper. Yeah. I remember the day
2: before computers. (laughs) Right. 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 (laughs) That's how I live my life. Yeah. You don't want to be a... Well, what's the word I'm looking for? A... Luddite? Yes. What's the other one, though?
1: Not like... Ascetic? Ascetic. That's what it is. So an ascetic is a person who intends to suffer. They they try to suffer. Uh... Um, uh, Maybe you were thinking of, like, maybe a Stoic. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And maybe a st- Luddite was a, is a better—anyway,
2: yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm with you.
1: So the original Luddites, they, they like, really tried to smash the—I mean, that that was the group. The Luddites, they tried to smash the printing press because they were afraid of this technology was putting them out of business, basically. Wow. So that's where the term Luddite comes from, is, like, people who eschew technology and, and think all te- technological advances are bad— that is nonsense. We all realize that we're in a much better world today because of technology, but we also need to put some parameters around that. And and I think when we hear some of the, the some of the statistics, and I was trying to get into that, but I I digressed. But here's here's a, a few staggering statistics for me. Uh, this one isn't a, stati- a stat, but I I just like the term. Um, someone's called it the the 79th organ, the smartphone that's in our hand, our 79th organ. And it feels that way sometimes. I know I uh, so when I went to the doctor yesterday, I I left my phone in the car and uh, I did it on purpose. And I I do that quite frequently on purpose, but Mm -hmm. even more so now I'm I'm trying to be cognizant of that. But, man, I get that little twinge of panic when I reach for I just touch my pocket and it's not there. And there's that little, (gasps) oh, my goodness, what what am I supposed to do with this time? Mm -hmm. Well, I could I could do nothing. Uh, that's why you and I created the Nothing app. <laughs> but it's on your phone, and that's in your car, so it doesn't really help you there. I know. <laughs> I was just itching for my Nothing app. How can I do nothing without my app? Pull um, out a white piece of paper and look at it. <laughs> Ooh, that is brilliant. Patent pending. <laughs> the Nothing app, now in print. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the 79th Oregon. This one was the most depressing to me, Ryan. There was a study, uh, it was in Britain, so I'm assuming it's Western world, it's going to be fairly similar here. (laughs) Wait, let me guess this statistic.
2: Yeah. Every time you check your phone, a puppy dies. (laughs) (laughs) Two puppies die. (laughs) Oh my, that is a
1: depressing (laughs) statistic. What else you got? Um, On top of that, uh, (laughs) they, they did a study that if you had to choose between going without sex or going without your phone for a year, what would you pick? Dude, going without my phone for a year. Yeah, you'd much rather go without your phone. Yes, right? yeah. hands down. Thirty-three percent of people, one third, one out of three said, "I'd rather have my phone than have sex." And wow, I it was just I mean it, that one was like almost upsetting to me because here's why I could relate to it. I remember back in my twenties, like my marriage was failing. What way before? Way before I acknowledged it was failing. I probably would have been part of that thirty-three percent. I said, "Well, cool. I'm not really having sex anyway, and so I guess I'll take my phone because I need it." Wow, I,
2: I uh, this reminds me of a stat that came out last year. Maybe it was 2015. All these years run together now, but it was uh, it was over 30 percent of people admit to like checking their phone like, while having sex.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and uh, millennials, so the generation that we are either are or not part of, we're, like, right on the cusp of Gen X and, and, and millennials. We can claim it when it's convenient for us. Right. And we can deny it when it's convenient. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, but uh, millennials, so people who are right now, like, uh, 18 to 35, mm-hmm. uh, they um, have ha- a, a ridiculous amount, uh, upwards of over 80% have at least check their phone one time during sex mm. at one point that is unbelievable can you imagine text messaging during sex no no or maybe there's some kind of like thrill there or something where it's like but yeah i mean there's a camera on your phone yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh well that makes way more sense yeah but that's not <laughs> <laughs> how could i go without my phone if i'm gonna have sex i have to film everything right <laughs> Uh no I mean but so so yeah we'll 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 dive into that let's see if there's any more oh dude this one is uh, the average person right now checks their phone 150 times per day mm. it's a 2016 stat uh, the average millennial is on their phone for more than five hours a day wow and here's here's the shocking part Gen Xers mm-hmm. slightly more than that unbelievable. Yeah, so, uh, and then uh, we're also so we're checking 150 times, but we're also checking it every 15 minutes. And over 50% of the time we check it, it's not because there's a notification. Yeah. It's, other than there's that that notification in our brain, we've we've wired in a habitual notification. Oh my goodness! Every 15 minutes you I You could be one of those it.
2: engineers.
1: <laughs> well, and we'll get to that. Well, actually, how do you make
2: the brain give notifications? That's how you do it with cortisol. Well, well, uh, should we talk about the app right now, or are we going to
1: wait for that? I think we well, let's wait till the first caller. I think there's some good stuff, or maybe it's the second caller. I don't know. But okay. uh, before before we get into uh, the app, there was another app that I wanted to talk about. Just because we're talking about the gamification, mm-hmm. well, one of the engineers was uh, who who I saw on the, the sixty Minutes piece, and there's a bunch of like overtime clips that I watched about it, and uh, he was tired of tricking people mm-hmm. a- into doing stuff with his apps, basically for the companies he he worked for as a contractor, and what what he did was uh, he created a new app. It, it was called Space. Okay. And you've never heard of it. I'm I'm certain of that because it doesn't exist in the App Store because Apple refused to carry the app in their App Store. It, here's why they refused to carry it. It's not because it was a bad app. So here's what it did. Anytime you engage with a social media platform, so you have se- you have Facebook on your phone, yeah. you have Twitter on your phone, right. whatever. It, if you go click on the Instagram icon, okay. the Space app interrupts, and it says, let's breathe together for 12 seconds. That's oh, it. Wow. Let's just... Slow down and breathe and 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 Apple's response to that was well if uh if it limits the amount of of engagement with other apps on the phone we're not we're not willing to put it in the app store Wow and that's really unfortunate to me man, because yeah. I really like Apple's products, I think they make really great hardware uh, they make okay software a lot of times, but um uh, it, it's just disappointing to see that because yeah. that's something I would have paid for because yeah. it, I think it. It allows us to retrain ourselves and regain some of that self-control it's a great reminder like i there's nothing i can do for these next 12 seconds and it's not enough to do something else so i might as well just breathe yeah you know we're supposed to take six breaths a minute uh and and we are doing something like 20 or 30 breaths a minute because we're breathing so shallowly we're not using the full capacity of of our lungs right right and so when you and i were at at yoga this weekend we went to a yoga class and we are not the quintessential yogis. There's everyone else in the class, like their feet are behind their heads. I
2: could tell like, well, he just, like it must be the same people in that class Uh because, you know, when he was doing the, I think it's like a sun salutation or whatever uh, circuit Uh that like they go in. I just remember like, at a certain point, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to stop faking this Uh and I'm just going to like stand here and like try to follow. Anyway, I just was not very, uh, not very in sync with everyone else with the, the citation. I'm like looking at Mariah. I'm like, he's like, uh, you know, downward dog, Cobra upward dog, bend over back of the nin and grab your ankles. Did it a warrior three. And I'm like, what's warrior three. <laughs> <laughs> like I know one and two, but I did not even know there
1: was it. Is is there a warrior four? Oh my God. Uh, I look over, you have a bow and arrow. <laughs> what is it? Um, but man, yeah, I,
2: he was talking about how we, we don't breathe enough and how we, we use only 60 percent of our lungs or something. Right. right? Yeah. And because
1: you know. we're, we're, we're sitting at these desks all day and we're just like breathing really shallow and mm-hmm. and, and and pausing and taking those deep breaths. It, it does make a considerable difference mm-hmm. on your stress levels as Absolutely. well. So ch- yeah. it's, it's one of the best ways to change your state. In fact, this morning, like I was super tired because I got up way too early. I was excited to, to record this today. And so I'm like, I got to do more research and. And so uh, I, I, by 8 o'clock this morning, I was super tired. So I just went out and walked for 45 minutes, like really briskly. And it was like 30 degrees outside. But, uh, man, it, it, it helped wake me up because it got me breathing again, right? It's the reason people take up smoking. I mean, talk about a, a bad habit. And really, that's what we're talking about, <laughs> about, about, uh, about today. I just
2: want to be clear. We're not encouraging people to smoke.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, uh, but fact, I think what
2: you're saying is is like when someone takes up smoking, it's because... It forces them to take in those large breaths.
1: It Provides that certainty, and and at, mm-hmm. at regular intervals too. Your body feels much calmer when they when it does it, right? Uh, can you imagine if if we all just took smoke breaks but didn't smoke and I mean, we just breath breaks? Yeah, just you, you go do a, a breath break every hour. You're every, so progressive. I mean, how? <laughs> um, I'm gonna I, go take my smoke break. I didn't I, know you smoke. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I, I, I found that, uh, when I breathe, it totally calms me down. In fact, the, the, another part of the research I was doing, uh, I saw that it, your, your body will relax significantly. I do this when I, when I do my, my daily physical therapy, I, uh, when I'm, I, I do a wall sit. So I sit against a wall at like a, what is that a 90 degree, then a 90 degree angle. Um, my, you know, you get it, right? <laughs> yes. You Here, sit it's on like the wall. This. You sit Hold on, on, on the wall.
2: It. you sit on the wall with 180 degrees total i got you no i know what you're saying man josh is sitting against the wall like there's a like he's sitting on a chair but there is no chair
1: yeah 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 exactly and it's a metaphor (laughs) i don't know for what (laughs) (laughs) the emperor's new chair yes um anyway um I will do that and then I take these deep breaths and if you breathe out for at least eight seconds, your body knows that it's in no danger because I've got this abundance, this luxurious abundance of free air. Like Clearly, I'm not being chased by a lion. And so your body just calms down and yeah. so so that's one of the things i do if you if you breathe in deeply and then breathe out for at least eight seconds it's actually harder than it sounds like because that one outward continuous breath but man it really changes your state so
2: what other stats you got before we uh yeah dive yeah into the questions Let, let's
1: see what else we have here if there's anything um these are all the stats for now so okay let's uh uh should we just should we dive into the questions let's do it all right our first question is from michelle in san francisco
3: i I'm wondering what you do about the onslaught and deluge of media that we have every day. I've signed off of almost all social media sites. I rarely look at the Internet except to see what's going on in the news. And usually the news can be pretty depressing. And I'm wondering about the effect that the news diet would have on our minimalist lifestyles.
1: So Ryan, I know you've been dealing with less news in your life recently. Yeah, right. ever since our uh distractions episode the, or the the values episode
2: or the values episode
1: did we, we do distractions well we were talking about what 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 distraction so there were the imaginary values and you said oh for that's you, what it was yeah news was yeah. an imaginary value at least at that time
2: yeah and no i, I deleted my apps and dude i gotta tell you it i will go like on the browser every once in a while uh, so uh, just to give you an example, when I had when I had like BBC, and then like uh, Apple has this news app where it just streams uh-huh. everything into your phone. Okay, um, dude, I I would spend on average per day, I'd probably spend an hour, maybe even longer. Mm. And I was co- like, I was t- I was twitching, and I didn't even like realize how much it was affecting me until that po- that podcast that we re- we recorded, and. Um, yeah, those first couple of days, dude, it was hard because I was like, kept twitching for news and I'd go on the browser. Mm-hmm. But then like, as soon as I go on the browser now, like I am reminded how useless the news sites are. Ah. It's like, I just, I just realized like, oh wow, like these headlines aren't that important. Even like with some like terror attacks or like, you know, somebody stealing a, uh, a truck and, you know, running over. I mean, all these things that happen, they're not... It's not important for my life. I mean, my, you know, my feelings and my heart certainly goes out to any victims of many, any of those situations, but uh, all that does is cause panic and stress for me.
1: Yeah, I, I remember this, like uh, toward the end of last year, uh, there was a time where you were consuming a lot of news. And I think a lot of the Western world, especially, especially the United States, was consuming a lot of news. And you were visibly more upset Hmm. and not even visibly sometimes you would even like voice it oh yeah yeah. i'm distraught like guys like before we record this podcast i gotta get this out yeah yeah Yeah. and
2: it's because of those headlines and now uh like this morning uh mariah and i woke up i am you know downstairs like making coffee getting ready for the podcast and i can hear mariah like moaning and groaning and she's like and she'll start reading headlines to me and i'm like Oh, what is that about? And then she'll start telling me and then like if it ca- if it gets to be too much I'm like, "All right, this is why like that <laughs> that stress that you're feeling right now, like mm-hmm. that is what I'm trying to avoid." Um, but yeah, man, that the
1: the news can definitely clutter can clutter my mind if I allow it to. Yeah, I think I think for me I I don't there's no news sites I go onto or anything like that. So, I'm I'm on pretty much a news diet. I uh, where I just a news fast, really? Yeah. I mean, I get a lot of news from Twitter. That's where I'll get like some headlines and stuff. And you, So you have a, you, a curated feed of, 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 I, of, of places that you follow that are, I don't know if you're anything like me, but that it's on both sides of the spectrum. Well, it's usually like the people I follow, like uh, Colin Wright, for example. He's always got some like cool
2: science news stuff that he'll retweet. Um, every once in a while yeah just someone who i'm following will retweet something that's really good or that's share good. something but it, it, those i find are more meaningful that stream is more meaningful for me than having the bbc news app or than having like that that news amp that uh, uh, app that pumps all the news outlets into your phone
1: In a way you're letting people you trust like colin curate some news for you because right. he may be better equipped like here to do like yeah like here's that. some
2: news like is it is it uh
1: urgent news
2: no but it's the most interesting of the news and i know that 99% of the news stories that show up on my twitter feed are not going to stress me out if anything it's more informative
1: mm-hmm.
2: of some type of new algorithm they're working on for prime numbers or some scientific discovery like it's more applicable to our everyday life instead of just uh creating or disturbing you know, you're the state that you're in, if that makes any sense.
1: It does. So, so the person we're talking about is Colin Wright, and he does a really good job with his Twitter account in particular of, of tweeting out useful things. Uh, you can follow him at Colin is my name. If you're looking for a useful place to follow, he, he certainly puts out a lot of uh, just really good different types of news. And that's really what I want to say. It was really interesting here, Ryan. You said science news so i think it's also important for us to delineate the different types of news as well Mm, right yeah so there can be science news and in many cases that will stress you out a lot less than political news right right unless it was some type of like asteroid heading for earth yeah and then you have no chance of anyone surviving uh, well yeah then then, well (laughs) i mean unless you're the buddha or something you're gonna be pretty stressed out about that (laughs) um and and the, my point is when something that, that's asteroidic in nature, uh, it's, it, it, when it reaches that level, it's going to reach me somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be subscribed to right. a million different news feeds. It will find its way to me. Uh, in fact, like with the, when the, the Syria thing happened, uh, this past week with the bombing, uh, yeah. in Syria, it was, um, like I had several people just send me a text message. So here's what's going on in Syria right now. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah. The most important news makes its way to me. And even that one, like you said, there's nothing I could really do to take action at the time. And so I asked myself a, qu- a couple of questions with respect to the news. that I, And I'll talk to you about how I get news because Twitter is, is one way that, that I'll, I'll, I'll curate my news. I don't follow a bunch of people on Twitter, but I do use it to follow uh, the places that are most interesting to me to get the headlines. But I don't check it regularly. And in fact, we'll we'll get to that a little bit uh, a little bit more on on the next question, but the the other thing that I do is I ask two questions: Is this useful? Mm-hmm. So is the news useful in your life? And if so, that's great. Because we'll often say, "Yeah, it's useful. It adds value to my life, but is it the most useful use of that time? Right. And this is a good time to to transition into the app you and I have been using this past weekend. We, we started doing some phone tracking. Uh, uh, the app was called Moment. And I put it on my phone just because I knew we were, we were going to record this episode. And I was disturbed by the amount of time. Because I'm pretty good about using my phone, putting it in the car. I never have it on the table in front of me. Mm-hmm. If uh, Bex and I are at dinner and I need to get it out for some reason, I'll say, hey, would it be okay with you if I do this real quick? Here's why I want to do it. Not that I need her permission, but I want to show whoever I'm with that I care enough about our interaction. But even considering all that and all of my intentionality that goes into the smartphone use, I found, well, I found two things disturbing. So I'll pull it out and look at my average real quick. So first off, let me acknowledge this. I, by putting this tracker on my phone, I immediately noticed that I wanted to reach for the phone less because I knew I was being I was I was being tracked. Absolutely. So my numbers would actually be higher than this. I am. I am absolutely certain of that. So let me just talk about this. So how many full days do you have so far? Oh, I, I accidentally opened the Nothing app again. It's right next to my tracker. <laughs> uh, for those of y'all who don't know what the Nothing app is, it's an April Fool's joke that we did with our good friend Matt Diavella, who directed our documentary. I can't uh, believe you downloaded the app and still have it. That's pretty funny. I do still have the app. But,
2: <laughs> uh, it, I, every time I can delete like a little window icon off uh-huh. of my phone, like it gives me so much joy.
1: Ah, That's nice. So I'm like, so that's dude, a different I'm like oh, type of I haven't dopamine. used this. I've used this app in forever. I'm going to go ahead and get rid of it. That's like the dopamine of intentionality there, man. <laughs> that, so um, let's see. If I go to this. So let's just talk about what Moment is. I was in the, the sauna this weekend on, on Sunday morning, and Bex and I were talking about it, and I was talking about the usage that's on this thing. And so it tracks all of your usage, but it also will track your usage per app, or, yeah, per app that you're using, right? You, you have to take a screenshot in the morning. It sends you a reminder to take a screenshot at some point in the morning. So will, if you do that each morning... Uh, you take a a screenshot of your battery screen basically yeah this breaks it down by app how did you oh i didn't realize you could do that there's a video in there it shows you how to do it but um, you won't. So be there's able to no be- way to go back and like see what I spent on Sunday. No, you have to do. You have to have a screenshot each day. Okay. You can do it by the week, but then it's it's less accurate, obviously. Hmm. But uh, it's just one. It's one quick screenshot in the morning, and and I mean, it takes five seconds to do, but it's very useful for you me. You take a screenshot of the app, like when you pull. No, it up. you take a screenshot. Oh, look at the video. Yeah, you take a screenshot yeah. of. Uh, you go into the settings and click battery, and mm-hmm. it shows you what your battery usage is for each app that you have, and it will show you what you're using. So, um. Anyway, I was in the sauna, and I was talking to this this couple who had a few teenage kids. So Ella's three, so she doesn't have a phone. She's at least one year away from having a phone. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, that, that's sadly what yeah. used to happen with us in the corporate world. There were a lot of five-year-olds who got sold phones when we worked in telecom. And uh and I mean quite often there's parents coming in wanting that phone for their kids. Yeah. Other times it was us encouraging our employees right. to sell phones. It's only fifteen kids. bucks a month. Right. And and so no, obviously a five year old does not need a phone. I'm sure there's yes, you don't you don't need to tweet us telling us there's the one circumstance. I get there are exceptions to every rule. Sure. So uh but most five year olds or three-year-olds, Ella will be four next month and she does not need a phone. But the couple I was talking to in the sauna, they were like, wait, what? They overheard just Bex talking. Wait, what is this app? And it's a free app, but there are like paid upgrades and stuff. So you can do whole family tracking plans, but you can turn off your kid's phone at certain times. Like if you always eat dinner between six and seven you can have it off like so their phone just is functionally disabled Mm -hmm. between five and six you can do it so that after 7 p.m the phone is disabled and they can't use it or it's disabled during the day except for emergencies i love that idea man of like being
2: able to uh and i think the app even pitches it that way of like making time uh during dinner to where like the family has to at least put their phones away they have no choice but to put their phones away
1: yeah absolutely and so I think that well, that that actually reminds me, Ryan. I was the first thing I wrote down here is uh, first thing I wrote down on my third page of notes. Uh, we we were listening to this this podcast episode that the Big Think podcast episode, okay, and um, it was with an author. His name is Adam Alter, and he wrote a book called Irresistible, and it's about technology's role in our lives today. And one of the tips that he gave, so if you have like the Moment app. That's great, but you can also just put put some fairly um, basic rules in place. Keep your phone somewhere where you need to walk to it in order to get to it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that will, A, limit the amount of times you can go reach for it because you have to do it with intention. Mm-hmm. But also, it will it will force you to think about, do I actually need to do this? Yeah, it's like, this the it doesn't make useful? you breathe,
2: but it's kind of like that app where it's like... Right. Hey, do you really want to go look at your phone right now? Do you really want to look at this app?
1: Yeah, it's like it's in in fact even asking yourself a question like that. There's a mm-hmm. lot of great questions that you can ask yourself. You know, like what would the best version of myself do mm. right now? Would the best version of myself pull this out and look at the phone at the urinal? I don't know. I don't think so. For me personally, the answer is definitely no. Yeah. And and the, the the question for you is I I don't know. I don't know what the answer is for you. Is it appropriate for you to do that at the urinal? Does it matter? That's really up to you for me. Absolutely not. That's not what the best version of, of myself would do. And here's the other question after I've been looking at this tracking app, Ryan is how could I have better spent that time? Yeah. And, and so uh, I gave you that stat earlier that millennials spend five hours a day on their phone. Thankfully I don't spend five hours a day. So I've had it on here. Since uh last Friday we're recording this on a Tuesday, and so so Saturday sunday you got three full days basically I have Friday Saturday, Sunday, Monday, four days, okay, okay, so because uh, I downloaded Friday morning, got you, gotcha, gotcha. so all right, so what's your average well so it it varies time. so again i I think that my average dropped down significantly, so Bex and I spent the whole weekend together, we did all kinds of really cool stuff and uh well actually so friday was uh, i did an 1 hour and 9 minutes mm-hmm. and on saturday it was 1 hour and 11 minutes sunday was only 46 minutes and the the interesting thing about about that was Bex and I went to the float tanks for 90 minutes so mm-hmm. i i certainly could have had my phone in the float tank right mm-hmm. then me and you and Bex and Mariah we went to yoga that was another roughly 90 minutes right yeah. and so yeah, that's a large chunk of my day right there. And then also in the morning, we were in the sauna for over an hour. And so uh, that's at least four, maybe even five hours that I wouldn't have had any access to my phone whatsoever. I shouldn't have had had any access. Right. Uh, and that doesn't include meals and all this other stuff. But I still spent 46 minutes on my phone. And then the following day, Monday, I spent two hours and 46 minutes. That was yesterday. Hmm. Two hours and 46 minutes. And I actually feel better about that one than I do the previous days. And, and let me talk about why. I I think that so it was Bex and I spending a weekend together, and I'm looking at this. I spent on Saturday, I spent an hour and 11 minutes on my phone. What could I have? I what could have I done better with that time? And I, I look at these different apps, and it's like you did messages for 13 minutes, you were on the home lock screen for 12 minutes, and there was a bunch of other sort of one minute things. I was on Instagram for seven minutes. Um, All right. Then yesterday, the two hours and 46 minutes, I picked up my phone 45 times. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I was on Facebook for 31 minutes. Mm. Now that was all during, I don't ever get on Facebook. I don't like Facebook personally, but that was, we did a Facebook live session for the people who do get value from, from Facebook. So that was, so I do feel good about that, right? Like that was an intentional use of the phone. Like mm-hmm. we were broadcasting to an audience. Instagram was 23 minutes. I don't even remember looking at Instagram yesterday, but apparently I fell down a rabbit hole for 23 minutes. <laughs> wow. I don't remember. And then Safari was 18 minutes yesterday. Well, that was me going over test results with my doctor on my phone. Mm. And so I feel totally fine with that, right? Uh my home lock screen 17 minutes. So that's probably listening to podcasts or checking the time that kind of thing messages 17 minutes that's useful i was on twitter for 17 minutes i don't remember getting on twitter that is crazy it was ella <laughs> she stole she, your phone she, she was does, checking
2: her ellis at Ellis sandwich account she does tweet quite a bit <laughs> tell me some uh, things i say <laughs> she does say that
1: uh i was on youtube for 16 minutes um Man, I wish
2: I would have known about this screen capture thing. Yeah. I thought yeah, I thought I'd upgrade it to get the individual. No, no, and I- then the I, individual results. I was I'll on start overcast. Keep track of that this week and let you know where I'm at. Uh, next yeah, week. Well,
1: I was on overcast for nine nine minutes, which is the the podcast. I was on the phone for nine minutes, which that's cool. Um, photos for four minutes. That that seems productive to me. Looking through photos, I mean, it can be at least. I was on my calendar for two minutes. Definitely needed that. And so yesterday, I mean, there was. There were certainly some misses here. I could have done better. But I, I think I needed my phone for at least two hours yesterday. But I look at it this weekend. I'm like, I, I wasted time with Bex so I could check a phone at some point. Hmm. And that just it just doesn't feel good to me, man. Is it useful? Yes. Is it the most useful use of my time? No, obviously not. And I think I do a good job. But I, I this is going to help me do a lot better job, I think. And um, Yeah, definitely.
2: Um, I've so I've got some like just high level stats. Uh, yesterday I was two hours and forty six minutes, but I woke up at like Wait, We had
1: the same exact time. <laughs>
2: what did you What <laughs> did you have yesterday? Was it two forty six? That's hilarious.
1: So. How do I go back?
2: Um, How does this fall? No, work? I, I I will tell you though that it definitely was like two hours that I had to have been reading. I wish I had the individual tracker thing, but but uh, I woke up at like three o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and like when I wake up, like I'll. You know, put the, the night mode on so the blue light isn't keeping me up and I'll sit there and read until I get sleepy.
1: Yeah, but if you I, leave it on airplane mode, it doesn't track it.
2: Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm glad we're lear- I'm learning how to use this app now.
1: And so I think that's the point. Like, it, we think we're using the phone one way. I literally don't remember getting on Twitter yesterday and I was there for 17 minutes. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so on average, I'm at like, and then I was an hour and
2: 42 on Sunday. But see, checking the, like uh, doing the admin stuff for the minimalist Facebook, mm-hmm. I would, dude, we need to get rid of Facebook and email by the end of the year. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. Dude, that's the most, like talk about instant stress. And then it's on my mind until I get down to zero notifications.
1: Yeah, I so, well, I, I, I remember getting on Facebook last year and I figured out how to check messages at one point. Like I didn't know, there's like a, I guess, personal message on there or whatever. and. I just had hundreds if not thousands of messages and and I'm like, well, I'm not even going to (laughs) try to go. I mean, that's, that's the worst way to contact me. So, uh, but in, in terms of notifications, there are a couple apps I do have noticed. I turn them off for everything, including text messages. Uh, i get a vibrate for phone calls. Uh, I, I get this, the, this moment app. The only time they ever see a notification is to take your screenshot in the morning. Mm. So you take your screen uh, and, and then if you ever put your phone in airplane mode, it just lets you know, Uh, tracking is disabled uh, while it's an airplane so that's a good hack if you put this thing on airplane mode it's a paperweight uh but you can still read on it right yeah and and so uh and actually look look it just happened right now because my phone is on airplane mode it said uh tracking has been paused because you're in airplane mode Mm. and so i and then the other the other app that i have a notification for and this one actually has a vibrate on it as well, is the parking app that's here in Missoula, because if- Oh, it'll let you know when your time is expired. Yeah, yeah, and so (laughs) um, that way I don't get any more Parking tickets. <laughs> so that one, that one's actually helpful. <laughs> out of all the people, out of all the friends I have in Missoula, you've gotten the most parking tickets for sure. I'm sure I've gotten more parking tickets here, <laughs> that I just forget to pay the meters. I know, man. Yeah, like yeah, it's I, do, it's I've never something. intentional. Yeah, I, I've gotten one, and it was for that exact reason. I was like, oh yeah, the meter. I'll just sh- show up. Like oh, I'm like, yeah. is it today? Saturday. <laughs> Isn't it free? It, it is somewhere. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I alluded to this earlier, but let's at least talk about it real quick. The uh, Think Again podcast—it's it, a big think. It's a—it's um, a podcast where they interview people and and just talk about different topics. And they interviewed Adam Alter, and he—he uh, he wrote that book Irresistible. And there was there was actually let's just put a link to this. I was going to read from it, but to save time here, Sean, there I, I sent you a link this morning to this Wired article. It's a. It is a excerpt from his book Irresistible, and so the, in the interview he just talks about how we have, I mean we've we we've grown so addicted. But there's two types of addiction, and for millennia we have had, um, uh, how, how is it substance? Yeah, substance addiction. So like alcohol, yeah, or drugs. I got drugs, you. um, and but now we have these behavioral addictions and the one exception is gambling gambling has been around as an addiction for a while and within the last few few decades the last hundred years for sure they have gamified the heck out of gambling so that it is it is uber addictive Mm -hmm. but other than that we have not evolved to be able to deal well with behavioral addictions And, and so this this phone in my pocket this news that is always coming to me on the tablet or whatever else uh, that that is in front of me this is a new type of addiction and I love the way in that podcast Ryan he he talked about addiction he he talked about it, it it's when you want something but don't like it Hmm. and I mean it, it was like when you think about a, her- a heroin addict doesn't like the fact that he is a heroin oh, addict no. anymore oh no no
2: no, and, any drug addict, like as soon, like as they're, as they're taking the drug and like the placebo effect starts to kick in just because their body knows they're about to get that drug, uh-huh. like as soon as they feel calm, well, at least for me, like every time I'd feel calm, I'm like, and man, I really shouldn't be doing this. Like, I wish I didn't have to take this drug to feel calm. No, you're absolutely right. It is, it is, uh, you wanted it, but you didn't like it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, the only you, thing, the only th- exception to that would be like coffee i love i love me some coffee right right, but i I understand what you're saying though yeah for all intents and purposes for this conversation
1: but what you you, and you want you you want coffee right but you also don't want 20 cups in a day right i also don't want the stained teeth right right (laughs) but you don't want those 20 and you wouldn't actually you would end up not liking it at that point as well right so it's there is some threshold with coffee where you're like all right like there's diminishing returns here this is awful but anyway, he in there in in the podcast, I'll, I'll just leave off on one last thing here is ultimately there aren't no one's going to provide the solution for you. The the FDA isn't going to step in and nor do we want them to step in and regulate the, the technology, whatever government agency stuff. I mean, they did this for cigarettes, obviously. Right. Mm-hmm. And and there there will probably be some really compelling arguments that the consequences of technology addiction especially for people who are teens right now are going to be long lasting the same way uh, addiction to tobacco is uh has long-term consequences we didn't know the consequences of long-term tobacco use in the 30s the 40s and mm-hmm. the 50s that's why you go back and look at photos or video of people back then everyone was smoking smoking while they're pregnant yeah yeah it's my mom smoked while she was pregnant in the <laughs> 80s But she was born in 1945, and like she was, she was used to that, that, that culture, right? Yeah. That's crazy. And so, um, that has been replaced with this new drug. And there are rehab centers all over the place now, especially for teens where they take away their phones. And, and on the 60 Minutes piece, I saw that w- one kid was like, Well, what, do I, what am I supposed to do with my hands now? They took my phone away. What do I, I don't know what to do with my hands. Wow. And, and it's that addictive. And so uh, the thing he talked about was, was self control in this podcast, uh, the Think Again podcast. Uh, uh, Adam Alter uh, I'm talking about here. He, you know, if you go to a grocery store, and they have these like hundred calorie snack packs. Mm-hmm. You know that it, they obviously cost way more. It's like a thing of Chex Mix, and it's like eight dollars for six packs or something, right? It's right. an absurd amount. But you could buy you could buy that s- the same ingredients for two dollars or whatever. What you're you're not paying for the ingredients. You're paying because you you're outsourcing your self control. Yeah, you're paying for the portion control. Yes. Yeah, yeah and you're letting someone else do do the control for you. So I'm going to encourage you to listen to that podcast. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. And then one last thing for Michelle here. Ryan, uh, this this quote stood out to me. It, it was from Dan Savage and he he was talking about it with respect to uh video games and then also for kids and then porn for adults. Mm-hmm. He was talking to his his little kid about like the game or the TV. It wasn't a video game. It was him watching TV. And he said Hey son, are you are you having fun right now watching that? And the kids like, well, yeah, this is great. I think I think of Ella with this too cuz she loves watching Peppa Pig. Like Peppa Pig is just the bee's knees to her, man. <laughs> and uh uh and she she loves watching it and and with Dan he'll say, "Are you having fun?" And the kids like, "Yeah, this is great." And he goes, "No, you're not." What? You're not having fun. You're watching other people have fun. Yeah. Or You're in, or your having character. fun watching other people have fun? Right Right. I mean <laughs> and, and so I, I think that's the thing to keep in mind with, with uh, any of any of this stuff. like when we're participating in incessant checking, mm-hmm. it mimics the, the fun and the, the pleasure centers of the brain, mm. but it's not a real it, it's not the real experience of outside of the glowing screen. And so I, I want anyone who's listening to this to keep that in mind. There's nothing wrong with the tool, but we need to take it back as a tool and stop bludgeoning our our neighbors to death. It's like a knife. A knife can be used to make a really great meal, or it can be used to to kill your neighbor. And we need to stop doing that metaphorically with with our technology. And the only way for us to do that is for us to sort of self-regulate. Yeah, I think this is a really good uh,
2: just. The phone usage is a really good example of like, well, people always ask us, well, okay, now that you guys are minimalists, like now what do you do? Like, you know, uh, and how do I get to that point where I can look at myself and say like, well, now, you know, I'm a minimalist. And at the end of the day, I mean, what do we always say is like, hey, there is no end of this journey. It's just, you know, constantly looking at that next horizon. But if you think about your phone, there isn't, you could put all the best habits in place and keep that going for six months. If you stop it after six months, you're gonna fall right back into wherever you were, you know, before you started putting in those good habits. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that it's it's about, yeah, man, finding those good habits to incorporate, uh, putting some restrictions on yourself, having a little bit more self control. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. But we have to always keep ourselves in check, always with yeah. with uh, the, 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 these
1: types of things. Because otherwise, you're gonna have to go without, and that's not that's not the solution mm-hmm. here. No. If you have uh, a person who's an alcoholic can go without without alcohol, without any consequences. But a person who who is addicted to email or addicted to their computer or whatever, they generally have to use that. You know, you have to have an email address to get a job these days. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, or to apply for a, a visa a work visa. Or I mean, th- there are there are so many reasons that you need an email address. So it's it's, it's not the same type of addiction because we're forced to to be a part of that at least to some extent. Mm. And and so it's really about pulling back the reins as as you said, Ryan. Uh, Michelle, before before we move on to our next question, uh you're in San Francisco and we are coming to San Francisco. In fact, we're coming to 46 different I'm sorry, 47 different cities on the Less is Now tour. So, Sean, if you could reach out to Michelle and get her a couple tickets if she's interested in going to our San Francisco event. That's uh, during the first leg of the tour. 19 cities are already announced over at lessisnow.com. By the time this uh, this episode airs, we will be we'll we we'll have already had our first four. To- we're actually uh, so we're recording this the Tuesday before we leave to to go to this first little wave of the tour. We're going to be in uh, Pittsburgh, Burlington, Boston, and, and Portland, Maine. But if you're hearing this, it's too late. We've already been to those cities, and boy, were those great events, weren't they, Ryan? Oh, man. I couldn't believe what happened in Burlington. (laughs) Well, we promised we wouldn't talk about it on the air, at least not yet.
2: (laughs) What happens in Burlington stays in Burlington.
1: (laughs) Isn't that their city motto? (laughs) (laughs) After that, we're going to uh, Spokane and Seattle and Portland, Oregon, so there's still tickets available for all of those, and then also a bunch of other cities. Grand Rapids, Chicago, Madison, Minneapolis, San Diego, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Columbus, and Cleveland. There's a list of 28 other cities that we're working on booking. You can find all the details and see the tour trailer as well over at lessisnow.com. All right, Ryan, who's next up? This next call comes all the way from Seoul, South Korea. Let's
2: listen uh, to Clyde's question.
4: If you could only choose one social networking or one piece of social media, uh, what would it be and why? Twitter, Instagram, which one would you stick with?
1: I think the first question to ask here, because this is going to be a highly individual answer, right? Because... I know my answer is going to I'm going to say Twitter but there are some people who like I was talking to Bex about this over the weekend and she's like I don't like Twitter at all she's like, I'm just going to delete it off my phone like I don't really use it that much Mm -hmm. and if I need to I'll use it on the computer or whatever so it's going to be different for each person and so the question I I would ask myself if I was asking this question Clive is how do you use social media and and what are you going to use it for and and there are sort of two ways I use I use it Personally, and then and, and from a business perspective or what I would just call a broadcasting perspective, right? Mm-hmm. So Ryan and I will use social media. In fact, we have a social media, media manager, Jessica, who helps post a bunch of different articles. She also ho- helps with some of the engagement on there. But how do you use social media? Because on the personal side, I rarely use it at all. Uh, I mean, I will occasionally post a picture on the Instagram and that's less and less frequent these days on Twitter. I will I will tweet a pithy quote every now and then, but I use it more as a news feed for me or uh, an news is, is the wrong word. right? We were just talking about that, like defining different types of news. It's science news or or urban development news. I mean, it, it has less to do with politics and more to do with the things I'm interested in. Right. Uh, there's one thing I, I follow called strange maps, and it just, like, shows different maps that, uh, you know, here here is the world split up by time zone if all the population were equal in each time zone. I mean it, there, there are these strange maps that I'll follow. So I, I those are things I get value from. And so what do you get value from? And how you how are you using social media? Are you using it to broadcast? Are you using it to communicate with other people? Or or are you using it to pacify yourself like I was yesterday? And I was on Twitter, I don't remember being on Twitter. And that is a problem. And and so I I'm I'm committed to, to fix it. In fact um, I'm gonna try an experiment, Ryan. I dare you. I'm pulling up. Put my phone. that bunny and beaker away. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's for the next podcast we're
2: recording. <laughs> um, well, while you're doing what you're doing over there, man, uh, I would definitely go to Instagram. Is mine. Uh, but that's because it's it's like Twitter in this sense I feel like people don't really post long posts when they do. I just don't read them. Uh-huh. Um, I don't post long posts. One or two sentences. Uh, I like not being confined to the 140 characters. Although I like, if you look at my posts, I don't think I've ever gone over 140 characters. But really, for me, it's uh, it's like an ephemeral way to catch up with friend. Like I love seeing uh, the Bergamont. Um, it's a, a band mm-hmm. that Josh and I uh, have kind of developed a friendship with. They opened up for us in Grand Rapids, like during our 2014 tour. But it's cool to like see what those guys are up to. It's cool to see like Collins Adventures. Um I like to post very deliberately uh like pictures from different travels that Mariah and I have mm-hmm. um but it's like uh i I hate getting on social media period mm-hmm. but it it is one of those things where um if I'm looking for an ephemeral you know five minutes and I don't feel like pu- pulling up the Kindle app and reading. Uh, then I can get on Instagram and and I think in the same token too. Like I I like to support the people that are on there. Like hey, I know we don't talk, mm-hmm. but I do want you to know that I do care about what's going on in your life. And thanks for sharing what's sure. going on in your life. Um, that that could probably be taken to a really crappy level because <laughs> meaning that. There are better ways to show people that you care about them, yeah, for yeah, sure. But well, uh, but yeah, uh,
1: but I also know that some people do equate you know, the they equate like with likes, mm-hmm. and and that's oh, unfortunate. dude, I'll, I'll like something on Facebook, and yeah. so and people go,
2: Oh my god, Ryan Nicodemus liked my <laughs> liked my post, and you know what, like
1: <laughs> I'm really happy that I can make that person happy, yeah, yeah, I, I get it, man. I um, I've had actual famous people who have tweeted us before and it's like it is the it's like oh you know this person you know like the film or whatever and and um i understand that that you know it sort of gives you that bit of validation but then i have to start questioning like you know what man I'm, i'm totally valid without that right like
2: how much validation do i need i don't ever it's funny man i feel like i like oprah winfrey could walk through this door right now yeah and of course, I would be like, oh my God, Oprah Wimper. But like at the end of the day You'd be like, what the hell is she doing? Here? <laughs> I'd be like, what are you doing here? Oprah. No. <laughs> um no, like at the end of the day though, uh I feel like because we've had such a slow build with this, yeah, that like I would, you know, treat her like any other person. It's like when we met Rob Bell, although I was like really nervous when we did that podcast with Rob Bell. Really? Uh yeah, like so nervous. Well, Why mainly is that? because I was just like you know, I was like, I really want to do a great job for Rob. I want this to be a great Rob cast. Mm-hmm. I want this to be good for him. And, you know, when I put pressure on myself like that is when I uh, typically get nervous and, 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 and I'm not, uh, you know, totally up to par. Anyway, it was a fine podcast. But when we were sitting there in his kitchen and, like, having a juice, it was just like, wow, like Rob's regular dude. Yeah, He's got kids and wife and to really, you know, and that's, that's how I feel now. Like, so I guess what I'm saying is to your point of, I don't need the validation from a celebrity or someone famous. It certainly is nice to get to know people, but for me, it's even nicer to like get to know someone and realize like how they are just a regular person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and the cool thing is I think sometimes social media can augment that, right? Yeah. Social media, for me, the reason I say Twitter is there was a time, especially like 2010, 2011, where I, most of the, the friendships I have forged on the online world initiated from from Twitter at yeah. some point. And we had far fewer followers on there, although it, it's the platform that I enjoy the most. And we certainly have the, the smallest audience out of that compared to Facebook or, or Instagram or even Google+. Um, I could not even tell you what any of our followers are at right now. Well, I, I don't know the specific numbers, but I can tell you that it's appreciably less on Twitter because mm-hmm. fewer people use it, right? Mm-hmm. But it's still my, my personal favorite because I've been able to connect with more people. I think it's a better communication tool. And I think the 140 characters, that brevity forces uh, some it forces people to improve their writing. You know, they say brevity is the soul of wit. And I think that's true. You, you, you're you forced to, to have these these limiting constraints that make you more creative. Mm-hmm. And and so I'll use that as a writing platform for ideas sometimes. You go back and look at my tweets at JFM, you'll see that pretty much the only thing I tweet these days are just little lines of, of essays I'm, I'm working on. And so if you see like a tweet storm all of a sudden, I all of a sudden came up with six great lines and what'll happen is most of them won't fit into the essay or they don't work just right. And so they won't make the essay, but they at least live out there on Twitter. And someone, if it inspires someone, I think that's great. But what I don't want to do is add to the noise. And and so I'm constantly trying to turn down the noise. So the experiment I want to get back to, I'm going to do real quick, is I'm going to delete social media apps from my phone. A double-dog dare you. I'm doing it right now. Watch this. I hold it in. Wait. That didn't work. It won't let me delete it. Oh my god, it's a government conspiracy. <laughs> the reptile people did it. They're putting fluoride in the water. Oh my god. A pedophile government. <laughs>
2: Alright, I'm gonna do that with you. Alright. Let's see who lasts the longest. Nice. Okay. All right. Here to hear, folks. Done. What does the winner get? Their what? pride back? Google much? Plus, dude. I don't you know the I don't ever use Google Plus. Why do I even have that on my phone? Instagram. Th- see you later, Instagram. See you later, Twitter. See you later, FaceTime. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's <laughs> not a... Oh, well,
1: that's an app, but it's not social media. <laughs> How are you using FaceTime? <laughs> None of your business. See you later, Snapchat. See you later, Periscope. Wait a minute. Do they still exist? Oh, yeah, man. We did a Periscope last month. Now, here's the other cool thing, though. We So so let's talk about this real quick, Ryan. Um, we'll still use social media for work, obviously, right? It makes sense to broadcast and and if anything, we want to improve the ov- overall content of the nonsense that's going out there. Mm-hmm. We don't, we never post anything that's clickbaity or, or anything like that. We post only things that will add value to your life. And, and that's really our intention. And so, so that, that's the appropriate use for us. And I've, I've seen several people do this. They'll have a separate device for their work, uh, content. So I don't, I don't have that, but we yeah. sort of do because we have podcast Sean here. Yes. And, uh, um, you know, as a work expense, we, we pay for his, his phone. And so when we're on the road and we want to do a live broadcast from Facebook Live or uh, post some stuff from Instagram Live, Jessica will also be with us uh, th- this round of, of tour stops coming up. So we have people we can rely on. It's like having, it, well, not like, it is having a second device. We're using someone else's device and, and me not having these personal, uh, having these, these items on my personal phone it is going to help me, uh, and I'm going to be interested to look at the tracking now that these are gone from my phone. Yeah, L- look no, at that. No, me
2: too, man. I can't wait. I, I I do love this app, man, because, like you said, like as soon as I realized something was tracking me, like I definitely picked it up less. Yeah, and uh, and
1: it's a it's so it's gamification for the good, and and that's also a good thing. Like so, you know, like the Fitbits that people have or whatever. Or the mm-hmm. actually, you do this on your phone now. You can check your steps, right? Yeah that's gamifying it the and I freaking hate that word but that's the the the, the word they've coined for, the, for for the good. So instead of like acting on your your habits to constantly twitch for the next tweet or next like or whatever, uh it is okay, I'm gamifying it. how little can I check my phone? Yeah. Or how many steps can I take today on my health tracker? Those yeah. are that's a positive way it's of using gamification.
2: You know it's funny I uh you know that I like to play some Pokemon every once in a while. Okay. Mariah and I will be walking. Is that still a thing? Well, not I, for me anymore. I, I, I'm
1: not judging it, but I, I did. I thought it was like a a, a limited time and
2: engagement. Oh, no, dude. They're doing the same thing. Like, how oh, can okay. we make them play more? So uh, Mariah and I will be walking around. And it is fun. Like, I'll let her catch a Pokemon. I'll catch a Pokemon. Whatever, dude. Like, it's really ephemeral. Um, It's just something we'll do to goof around with each other like while we're walking around. That's
1: cute, L- I think. I mean, I mean Missoula. It, it, you're doing it together, though. I mean, that's... Yeah, which
2: is great, but the problem is they started doing the the how many days in a row have you got on and caught a Pokemon thing, oh, and it started yep. making me like feel like oh shit I got to get up and at least catch one so I can keep that streak going. And as soon as I had that thought, I'm like I'm getting rid of this game. Mm. And I just deleted it. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's nuts how they can make you want to play it more. Anyway, yeah, you get you,
1: you get addicted. So real quick on on the addiction side of things, what we talked about addiction is wanting without liking, uh, but but really and. Ad- our addictions, even these small ones, or li- like shopping, is, is what well, could be a huge addiction. the mm-hmm. The article we're, we'll link to with the Wired article, uh, from from Adam Alter, he he talked about a woman in there who was eighty thousand dollars in credit card debt because she she had had an ideal life, but she had this shopping addiction, hmm. and and hid it from everyone, but now there's the World of Warcraft addiction, the video game uh, addiction, there's the smartphone addiction. And so I find that in my own life, and what I'll I'll see here by removing these apps from the phone, it doesn't mean I'm, uh, again, not a Luddite, but I will probably bring them back at some point The question is when, when is it appropriate and how can I use them more appropriately? I think if you swing the pendulum from one side to the other, eventually you figure out what is the comfortable middle. Mm -hmm. But it's usually closer to the side you've swung to where you were trying to get away from. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. It'd be interesting to get, because now I
2: got to go to my computer
1: to check Twitter. uh Uh-huh. It'll. We should get this app for our computers as well. Is it possible? I think. I think. I think they do have it. We'll have to. We'll have to check on that. Mm-hmm. But I think, if not, there is an equivalent app for sure uh, that will that will show you the how much time you're. Sp- and by the way, throughout this whole this whole episode, if you have any tips and tricks and everything else that that we're talking about, if you want to add to any of it, we'll give you a phone number a little bit later. You can call in or send a voice memo to the the email address, and we'd love to hear what apps you're going to recommend now keep in mind i do think it's a bit quixotic to to try to solve the technological problems with technology and 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 you you it's it just if you say it out loud it starts to sound crazy like watching videos that show you how to stop watching videos like <laughs> i'm gonna build a robot to kill the robots that are trying to kill me right it, it, it feels that way right yes so clive speaking of technology a couple other things before we move on to the next question the, the last question that we have here but um uh, i'm gonna recommend you go back and listen to our technology podcast it's probably 95 percent different from this episode it's all the way back at episode number two at theminimalists.com slash podcast. But also there's an entire chapter about technology in our book. It's called Essential. It's an essay collection, 150 essays about 12 different topics of intentional living. And uh, there's one entire chapter in there about technology. Sean, if you could reach out to him, get him the the ebook version of that or the... Audiobook version, if we have any more audible download codes. It's like a, a six-and-a-half-hour six audiobook, something crazy. But there is a, a, um, a technology chapter I think you'll get a, the most value from. Clyde's addressing that question. All right, let's move on. Our next question is from Kim in Pennsylvania.
3: My struggle is since I have jettisoned my TV and begun to visit the Internet rather than live on it, I sometimes feel out of touch with current events. By that, I mean real events, not what Kanye West is doing. Nice man, but, you know. My question is, can you recommend a minimalist news feed? And by minimalist, I mean as much as possible lean, objective, intelligent reporting of national and international events in a timely fashion.
1: Well, first off, Kim, thanks for your compliment. Uh, We are definitely listening and it's interesting because social media is one way for us to listen and it especially was for the first i don't know 3 4 5 years of, of the minimalists but once you reach a particular critical mass it becomes a full-time job trying to just respond to people on email and social media uh, that we find the, the best way we've 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 slowed everything down quite a bit when people want to contact us the 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 best way if you want to be 100% sure we're going to see your your inquiry. You can send us a piece of mail. So if you go to our contact page, it's the first thing we recommend. Mm. Is you can you can mail us a postcard, and we get back to everyone who who mails us something. Now we still get a ton, and you know, we get a, a PO box. Sean's always checking. We get a PO box full of mail, but it's not nearly as, as. I mean, can you imagine if every tweet we got, someone had to mail it to us. I mean, we'd have we'd have to have the biggest. PO box at the post office, right? And and so uh yes, we are definitely listening. In fact, I, I'm thinking back to our our very first tour, Ryan, back in, in twenty eleven. It was basically a listening tour. We went out and we did these these events with small groups of people, certainly fewer than fifty in, in virtually every city, mm-hmm. right? And and we get out there and we listen to what people were struggling with and they they would hear our struggles and this this podcast has been a almost like a continuation of that in a way where it allows us to listen. In fact, we're doing that with our, our upcoming events, at the less is now tour. We're doing the VIP events beforehand. So if you buy the really good seats you pay a little bit more for that, but we, um, we're doing this special event. We didn't want it to just be a meet and greet where we show up and hug people. Like that's, that's fine. But we, we stay after and hug everyone anyway. So if you want to hug, you can always stay after. They're, they're free and you don't have to pay more for that. But what we're going to do is, is have these little listening sessions. We'll have a, a, an intimate discussion with the minimalists and And hear about your struggles, because we found that face to face is the best way to listen. You can use these these tools to augment that listening, but ultimately it, it's it is about it is about cutting down the barriers between us so so we can listen better now to her question, Ryan, I love what she said. she said, "I now visit the internet, but I don't live on it yeah that was I, strong. it's funny when
2: the question was developing. I thought she was going to talk about how. The internet time has just become more now since she got rid of her, her TV because uh. that's that's uh, what happened to me when um, I was going out with uh, without TV for a while. It was like yeah, but I can still get on there and stream Netflix and veg out or you know, mm-hmm. um, it's very easy to do that. No, that's great that she's been able to fill that time. I'm assuming with more useful things than than watching TV, but right, but getting rid of your your pacifier and then not resorting to the internet to to fill that void yeah is, we, we, uh, that's to, that's really commendable
1: we have to find something better to fill the void with right than right. some other pacifier which it's very easy to do it's uh when people quit smoking they often gain weight because they move on to binge eating right, right. oh does he
2: do snickers bar every time i'm i want to smoke
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, i had a teacher who literally did that oh my in goodness. high school and
2: uh well he was telling us the story about it Okay, but he was talking about how he was you know, 60 or 70 pounds heavier than when he was. And that's because the attitude he adopted was. Oh, my God. And then he was like, well, I just moved to the fun size Snickers. <laughs> but then,
1: like, still, it's not a healthy. Oh, no, <laughs> healthy no. replacement. Yeah. So so we do have to figure out what to replace it with. I, I went without home Internet for five years. Uh, so summer of 2011 till summer of 2016, uh, there was one small period in there when we were living together, Ryan, where where we had it shared. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I, I didn't have home internet for just for a very long time, basically. And, and it helped me reprogram. Uh, but you learn a lot about loneliness, right? Mm-hmm. And so especially when I got rid of my phone for a few months, so I did another experiment where I got rid of my, my cell phone for two months. So no internet at home, no TV, no no cell phone. And like you really rediscover yourself and, and you rediscover books and you rediscover loneliness and boredom and, and, and being able it's to... It's a great
2: experiment. Like if it wasn't for Mariah having to go... On online to do her coding stuff, uh-huh. I, we'd get rid of it. Yeah, I mean, and we went so long without it in this apartment that we're in. Mm-hmm. And Mariah just event she was just like, "Please, like, I need, I need to do this work online." Yeah, it's you know, it's 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 a good setting for her, to, and she's really good with it. Like for right. me, like I got it's like sometimes I'll just turn the Wi-Fi off on my laptop because I'm like,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I've I've had I'll start to get sucked in. So I've had readers recommend this in the past where. They will have their significant other not give them the wi- change the Wi-Fi password and not give it to them, so yeah. they don't have access to the wi So if one person needs, it, the other one doesn't. Yeah. So that could be an interesting experiment for you to try out for a while. Um, but in, anyway, uh, getting onto her actual question, she she says she feels out of touch with current events, and and can we recommend a minimalist news feed? Now, now, if I were to take that literally and say, if you want like m- stories about minimalism. <laughs> The, your your best bet is to follow two places uh follow us uh because we uh, jessica curates really great um news stories news uh, yeah, articles about yeah. simplifying wardrobe and uh sometimes the environment or waste or all these different stories and they're not even always opinions that we necessarily agree with but they're great perspectives right and and they're interesting and they help us Identify and understand other people's stories. So yeah, if you want to follow the minimalists on social media, you can do that. And and I think that's w- one place to go. And the other one is if you want like really great design and travel stuff with respect to minimalism, uh, specifically, you can follow our side project called Minimalism Life uh, on Twitter. It's just at Minimalism. So that one's really easy to follow at Minimalism, and it's Minimalism Life on on Facebook and Minimalism Life on instagram as well and just well curated beautiful stuff but i think what she's actually asking is what how can i simplify my my news stream yeah. basically and not feel like i'm out of touch yeah i mean i would suggest uh
2: i mean twitter is it's it, it, to use it only for news would be a good idea
1: because how i used to use it before we <clears> became the minimalist it was just my I would follow news and I would follow the news I wanted to follow because you can curate it. But I right. also follow the artists and like bands and, and, and people that I, I was interested in what they were doing. That was the type of news for me.
2: Right. So she mentioned she was not interested in Kanye West. So then she would not follow Kanye West on Twitter. Exactly. But someone might be and that's okay. Right. Um. But but yeah, it's uh it's a great way to curate a, a very minimal news feed. She asked for specific websites, like specific news sources. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, every news has their own slant, right? Yeah. Like, every news outlet, even, like, like the two that I visit the most are are uh, NPR and BBC. Like, those are the ones that if I'm like, okay, um, did that law pass? Or, like, there, there are some things that I'm looking out for in the news every once in a while. Like, I'll go to one of those those sites. But even then, sometimes I feel like, you know, some of their stories are, are biased. So, yeah. I don't think there's, like, a number one trusted news source. Um, but... I I know I can certainly get there and for the most part, get some like unbiased opinions, even though they'll still be sprinkled in there every once in a while. Sure.
1: And and if you're doing the, if you're doing the Twitter thing, uh, liberally unfollow people. If if so, if, if you, if you see, if you're following, I don't know the, the, where is she? She's in Harrisburg. If you're, if you're following the Harrisburg times on Twitter, I'm assuming that's your newspaper. Um, and they I start it was the Harrisburg Gazette. <laughs> that's the competitor. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, uh, if you're following them and they start posting a bunch of stories about Kanye West, unfollow them. It's right. okay. And, and then find something else to follow, right? There'll be recommendations and, and, and stuff. And then you want to keep it below the Don, Dunbar's l- rule, So or Dunbar number, 150. Uh, that, because we can't, it's hard for our brain to, to. I mean, I keep it way below 100. I try to keep it below 50 if possible, following fewer than 50 places now josh let's not make this a contest no i mean what i'm saying follow the least amount of people well no because then (laughs) you just follow no one and and that that is and i mean i could do that very easily i could just go unfollow everyone i'd unfollow you first ryan (laughs) thank god (laughs) but uh, my point is that like if it's overwhelming unfollow if it's too much unfollow but if it if it just makes you uncomfortable because you don't like the perspective that could potentially be a good thing so so i'm going to encourage you uh, Kim, to to slow down your news a bit. So if you want to get off on uh, if you want to get offline altogether, then uh, you can what I what I call slow news. So I subscribe to the New Yorker. If you want the other side of that, you could also subscribe to the National Review. So you sort of have a, a left leaning magazine, weekly magazine, and a right-leaning magazine, and it slows it down. Now, granted, there's still pernicious ads that will be in that magazine, so we have to be aware of that. When you see an advertisement, tell yourself, this is just an advertisement. I was watching the 60 Minutes thing uh, t- this, this morning, Ryan, yeah. while I was preparing for this, and there was this Uh, drug advertisement like if you have low level arthritis like (laughs) it it wasn't even like for bad arthritis you could take this once daily pill and the side effects I shit you not man the side effects one of them was cancer wow if you have light arthritis want to get rid of it here's a cancer pill
2: good grief and it always amazes me too like
1: diarrhea vomiting bloating
2: but your acne will be cured
1: (laughs) 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 And uh, so I I think uh, point being is you'll still see advertisements there. Just be aware that when when you see advertisements, say this is just an advertisement and and move on. If you want some newspapers, New York Times versus Wall Street Journal, uh, or maybe even L. A. Times if you're out west. You mean the fake news, Josh? Uh, (laughs) I don't even know what that means. (laughs) Yeah, uh, let me let me say. You know what? Actually, I love that you don't know what that means, which
2: it just goes to show that you don't pay attention to that much news well I, our news these
1: days is less fake than ever oh yeah um if you go back to the 1800s and look at the the nonsense news from back then it was virtually all fake
2: like it's laughable fake. Yeah. yeah 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 yeah
1: con man fake yes and and, and yeah you know, snake oil salesman so uh new york times versus wall street journal it's a left versus uh a right Uh, side opinion but i get most of my news honestly when when things do creep into to to my cranium it's from podcasts yeah and and so i do listen i listen to a lot of podcasts and i switch it up Uh, and again that's another thing i unfollow and unsubscribe liberally uh to to those podcasts but uh, and and there are ones i get the most value from i know that i'll probably never unsubscribe from but there are a lot that i listen to that have both sides of the opinion so i'll give you a couple of those real quick if you want politics bill maher real time with bill maher and Glenn Beck those are the two I don't agree with either one of them most of the time actually but it allows me to land somewhere in the middle yeah at least you can get like an opinion on both sides yeah like I Rush Limbaugh is entertainment
2: to me like it's just funny to hear him go off on stuff right but like that's how I look at it as entertainment but it is uh, and by the way I don't listen to that religiously I'm just thinking about like the times I have listened to it Mm -hmm. but but it's like yeah, dude. getting a dose of the far right and then getting a dose of the far left. Like you yeah. can at least, uh, yeah, like you said, fall in the middle. But what I like about it, too, is it just it helps me get outside of that bubble that I
1: feel like sometimes I'm in politically. Mm-hmm. So it's just nice to get
2: the other side of it.
1: Yeah, I've, I, there's one other one I listen to that is it's called Left, Right and Center. And it, it provides all sort of three sides, you know, mm-hmm. the left, the right and the center. And it's a weekly politics podcast. So if you're going to listen to one podcast about politics, that's probably, it gives you the most balanced approach right there. And a, a really short 30 minute burst. And then, um, is there anything else I listen to that? I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts that that have nothing to do with news, but news tends to creep into them. Mm-hmm. And so I'll hear about, I'll hear about all of the, the big things. Yeah. Colin, Wright Uh, let's know, no thanks. He does a really good job of like incorporating current events with, with, uh, with his show. Yeah, He does a great job with it. I, I, I agree. He, uh, and he ties it into whatever whatever he wants to talk about that week, which which is great. I mean, it's called Let's Know Things because he wants to learn things uh, together with you. Mm-hmm. Well, Kim, we were already in Pennsylvania by the time this comes out, so I can't give you any tickets to the Less is Now tour. But, but we had such a blast. <laughs> it was so fun. Um, but I would love to give you a copy of our book, Everything That Remains. It's my favorite book uh, of everything that we've written. It's my favorite thing we've ever created, actually. It's a memoir about the last five years of our lives, or the five-year transition, really, from being these suit-and-tie corporate guys to minimalists and how we simplified our lives in the process. So, Sean, if you could reach out to her, give her the book or the audiobook version of that, I would really appreciate it. And we'd love to hear what you all have to say. So if you have a, a comment or a tip for any of our callers today, then leave us a voicemail, 406-219-7839. Or you can also send a voice memo to podcast at minimalists.com. We will air our favorite comments and tips on the next episode.
2: Dude, we should come up with a new email address for Sean and it should be podcast Sean at The Minimalists. <laughs> I know that, that the email address is podcast at The minimalist, but I, like in my brain I'm like, oh, this could, yeah, we should just send it all to podcast sean at theminimalists.com. <laughs> that is not an email address. <laughs> it will not work. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's move on to our hashtag Ask the Minimalists Lightning Round, where we answer questions from social media.
1: Josh, I just deleted all my social media, though. (laughs) Well, uh, I've got it on my my computer, thankfully. We are on Twitter and Instagram at The Minimalists and Facebook.com slash The Minimalists during the lightning round. This is where Ryan and I each do our best to answer uh, each question with just a short, shareable, less than 140-character response. We'll also put the text to these minimal maxims in the show notes so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if you'd like. Our first question comes from Heather.
2: I'd like to hear your strategy for staying active and engaged on social media while not becoming too dependent on it or consumed by it.
1: All right. My my short answer to that one is to live intentionally, we must continually ask ourselves, Is this useful? And just to add on to that real quick, Ryan, I I mean, that applies first to the stuff in our lives, but then it can, it can bleed over to every, every other area of life, relationships, career, passions, whatever. Is this useful for my life? Does it serve a purpose? Does it bring me joy? And if not, I, I'm willing to let go as, as we just did. Yeah. Uh, I answered
2: her question with a question. Hmm. What would life be like if we checked social media only once per day? Mm, that is good, man. With Facebook, I check it during the weekends. It's two or three times a day, again because I'm monitor- monitoring the page um, and answering people's questions and staying active. Uh, you know, with that community that we have and supporting that community. Um, but during the week, man, like I will check it on average once a day. But like I did not check it yesterday. Um, which rem- like probably I've got a hundred notifications sitting in there now, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's 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 something that has really really helped me avoid that anxiety feeling of seeing that notification. Oh my god, I got to get that notification off my screen. It's just like I'll just check it. I don't have like a certain time I do it at night. It's more like okay, uh, I'm sitting here twiddling my thumbs yeah. um, instead of going to cnn.com it's like all right i'm gonna go and knock this facebook stuff out but some days i forget to check it yeah. but uh but yeah i wouldn't en- i would encourage people out there to to yes yeah, si- if it's not once a day if that's like too crazy then make it twice a day but but uh but be intentional with it sarah writes why do you use social media as a minimalist hypocrite no <laughs> she didn't say that I, I just threw <laughs> that in there. how do you recommend using it intentionally
1: well i'll answer the first part uh to that my my short answer is just three words. Minimalists aren't Luddites. Yeah, I wrote, uh, tools are as useful as the user. Mm, that's good. Emily wrote in,
2: how can I use media more mindfully when a lot of my interests,
1: photography, writing, and reading, involve interacting online? All right, well, my short answer to that one is, let go of distractions make room for intention. Yeah, I think I... Uh, touched on this earlier today. This is much more
2: pithy than what I was saying uh, earlier in our conversation, but I just said, the more we practice self-control, the better we get at it. So yeah. Emily, I don't care where you start. Maybe it is starting with that once a day, checking uh, uh, social media mentality, or maybe it's twice a day, but put something, some kind of limit on, on yourself to start practicing that self-control. And as the uh, as time goes on the, and the more self-control we practice, the easier it gets. It's like anything else in life. P- practice makes perfect. Our last question is from Miguel. What is essential that we must watch, consume, and participate in?
1: Mm. All right. Well, my answer to that one is essential is perspectival.
2: You don't have like a list of, Shows that he should veg out on. <laughs> I've really been enjoying The Young Pope recently. Oh, dude, I've only seen the first episode of that. I need, I need to check that. I forgot all about that. Um, it's just funny, though. I was just thinking, I wish there was a list of, like, all the things, all the movies you should watch, uh-huh. all the shows you should the best shows you should watch. But everything is so, uh, well, like you said, perspectival. Uh-huh. Um, there isn't just one magic list. Like, the list for me is going to be different uh, than the list – for you and so forth and so on. So, uh, I had fun with this question. I said, watch yourself
1: consume less, participate in your local community. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's beautiful, man. So what must you watch consume and participate in? Watch yourself consume less, participate in your local community, man. That's great. It's a great way to end it. All right. Well, let's, uh, Let's move on. Let's move on to added value. This is a portion of the show where Ryan and I um, we talk about something that's added value to our lives. Recently, I'm going to do something a little bit different today, Ryan. I'm going to recommend two things that I've already recommended. I'm going to recommend them again because I'm getting value from them still. Awesome. So, uh, I it's the best album of the year so far is Drake's album by far. It's there's it's a good album. Yeah, dude, I love else. like has yeah. fallen to second and third, fourth. I mean, there's some other great albums I've recommended this year. Elbow's uh album is great. Um Aquilo's album is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um what was the the American Teen album we we recommended? Yeah Khalid. Uh, Khalid, yeah. yeah. Uh that one is outstanding. But Drake's album I just keep going back and listening to it. So it, it's it's Dude, growing it's awesome. on me even more. It is it is funny how like it is one of the every single album
2: that he has put out, even like that take care album which I love, man. Yeah. It, it, I had to listen to it like two or three times to like really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. I, it's funny how albums are like that. Radiohead's uh, album when it came out last year was the same thing for me, where it was like, "Man, this isn't really that good." And then I listened to it a couple a couple times, and I'm like, "This album is amazing." <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the second thing I'll recommend is uh, Bex and I just watched this together. I, first time I watched it, I watched it by myself, which I don't usually do. But uh, Gerard Carmichael has that special called Eight. It's on HBO, and we we sat down. We made the time to, to watch this together, and it was better the second time. Even though it's a, I'll say comedy special to me, it's an honesty special. He he uses jokes to really. Is it just one? Is it just like a one
2: and a half hour special? Or yeah, it's is like, it like an a, hour hour long, probably. Yeah, okay, okay. yeah. It, it sound like a series. No,
1: it's I just getcha. it's it's just him in front of a crowd, and and it's part of it's certainly comedy, but it's just like overt honesty and at first parts of it will turn you off and you're like wait he's just being I mean he's being ex- exaggeratingly honest in some cases but it it was just really good so Gerard Carmichael he he's definitely my top three comedians uh if he's not number one uh, he, he's up there with Chris D'Elia and Anthony Jeselnik I mean it's it's such a good special man and, and Beck's just watching her crack up like the whole hour man like there's like I not the whole hour. <laughs> you don't even
2: watch the TV. You just like to watch
1: Bech, Bex crack up. Yeah. I mean, she's <laughs> so beautiful, man. Like I just watch it and I'm like, Oh, it's anyway. Well, uh, <laughs> what's been adding value to your life recently, right? <laughs> you know, what's so funny,
2: man, is like, I feel the same way about Mariah, but for some reason I hate making that public. Like I hate making our relationship. Cause I feel like that's the one thing I have uh-huh. that people can't dive deep into. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. Uh, that's so funny man it's yeah. uh i think you and i are like you're becoming more extroverted i mean like, bex was telling us the other day how you were um you guys were watching a special maybe it was the what, gerard what is his name
1: gerard carmichael uh gerard, gerard Car- carmichael, gerard carmichael. Yeah. and you were like
2: uh, maybe it was that special but you were
1: like we should have people over and watch this special yeah yeah <laughs> and she's like really i'm like Actually no. <laughs> but here, that's how that's good really it was. Fun. I was like, we should we should invite like Ryan and Sean and maybe Nate over and like we'll we'll uh and I'm like that's a lot of work man. I'm just gonna tell them to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: my recommendation, dude. I went to this game night um not last Friday, but the Friday before. Anyway, it was the uh, the DJ who interviewed us here locally. Oh yeah! Remember he invited me over for a game night. Yeah. He had this game called uh, Captain Sonar. So it requires eight people to play. You can't play with less or more. It just requires eight people to play. Two teams of four, and it is like Battleship on steroids. Like it is. It is so much fun. So uh, I'm just recommending a game for those board game lovers out there. Yeah. Um, who like to have like big game nights. Like this is an eight person board game and it is so much fun. Um, man, if I, if I try to explain exactly how it works, I'm going to not really do it justice. I'm going to do a bad job of, of paraphrasing the rules. You manual. have to have eight people have to have eight people, Okay, but yeah, it's, uh, it is the best way, people. the best way to describe it is battleship on steroids. So
1: if you like battleship, uh, uh-huh. And you like steroids. <laughs> <laughs> now, like, what kind of steroids? Is it like TRT or are we talking? All right. Never mind. <laughs> no, it's a, it's
2: a great game. I will. I highly recommend it.
1: All right. Let's move on to right here, right now. This is where we get to talk about what's going on in the lives of the minimalists. This episode is running long, so I'll be really quick here. I already mentioned we're going on tour. It's the Less Is Now Tour. We're going to give a talk about minimalism, We'll record a live version of this podcast, and we'll dish out a bunch bunch of free hugs. 47 cities over at lessisnow.com. Yes, we are coming to a, if you live in North America, we are coming to a city near you. Uh, It's within a very short distance. If we're not coming to your city, it's the next city over. So there's a bunch of them there. Lessisnow.com. Also, our documentary, Minimalism, is finally available worldwide. It's on Netflix, everywhere where there is Netflix. And if you don't have Netflix, don't worry. It's available worldwide on Vimeo and a lot of other platforms as well. Just go to minimalismfilm.com. Speaking of video or film, we have two web series that are out there right now. One is called Simples. It's an animated web series. It's four different episodes. You can see all four episodes now. They're short episodes anywhere from, I think, two minutes to six or seven minutes long, and they're, they're little bite-sized bits of intentionality you can share with other people. Uh, that's out there right now. It's on our YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash The Minimalists. And also while you're there, you're, you can see the Making Minimalism web series. So if you like their documentary, you want to see how we made it, how we went from just an idea and, and zero dollars to having a, on Netflix and, and millions, if not tens of millions of people have, have seen it at this point. And it's been a really huge success. You can see all the behind the scenes stuff. Our very talented director, Matt Diavella. Has put that together, and it's we
2: really have, about how Matt made the movie. I yeah,
1: mean, yeah. <laughs> when every time I say, "Yeah, we
2: made this movie," like in my head, I'm like throwing quotes around. We <laughs> <laughs> we made this movie. It's really good. I'm I'm really happy with the way the making minimalism has turned out. It's it's uh, I think it's good if you just want to, like you said, see behind the scenes. But also, some of the episodes get a little technical, right? Uh, for you know, aspiring. Filmmakers out there, documentary aspiring documentary It's out nothing there, that's like going to be over your head, though. It's not right, like, exactly, exactly. Like it's it's
1: beautifully done. Like it's entertaining, and then it also you can, you can actually learn something from it too. Exactly. Yeah, that's great. All right, that's all I got. Advertisements suck, but if you want to support this show, you can over at theminimalists.com/slash/donate. You can donate one time or, or monthly if you want to help us out. That way, we keep this 100% advertisement free. And also, if you do find value in what we do, we'd really appreciate a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Ryan, you got anything else? All I have left are some voicemail comments and tips from our listeners.
3: Hi, my name is Yarden, and I'm calling from Brooklyn, New York. I um, had an idea uh, regarding minimizing baby stuff um, in regards to a question that appeared on the parenting episode. I find it incredibly hard still to get rid of anything that has my baby's name on it. Uh, he's almost one year old. Uh, but I do find that with time and as he becomes more ingrained in our lives, it gets easier. And I don't feel that I need to hold on to every single thing. So my idea is that um, in 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 line with um, the minimalist attitude in general to revisit things um, every few months, I kind of take a look at the things that I've kept around, Um cards that we got when he was born, little gifts that we never used, stuff like that. And every few months, I find that I can get rid of a couple more things that don't actually add that much value or mean that much anymore. Um So, you know, it's kind of an ongoing process. It's not a one-stop shop, but it works. Hey, uh calling
5: from Minneapolis. So you guys don't really have a spot for this type of thing on your show, but your last episode about jobs made me think that would be fun to call with an update. Um, So my name is Jess, but you would remember me as Intergalactic Jess with the exclamation point. Um, So back in your careers episode forever ago, you read my iTunes comment. Um, I was 24, got offered an impressive sounding job and turned it down because I wanted to pursue more of a meaningful life, um, more valuable life for myself. And um, a lot of it was because of the values that I found from, you know, discovering minimalism and specifically like your guys blog and the podcast really helped me find those values so I could recognize when something wasn't aligning with them. Um, and I'm 25 now, full time personal trainer and yoga instructor, and I'm making actually really good money working in a career which aligns with my values. And I am really passionate about health and fitness and uh, the work that I do. It really helps my clients to improve themselves, and it's really rewarding, and it's contributing a lot. So I'm really happy. Um, and another cool thing is, like, I can use minimalism a lot when I'm helping these people and helping them get focused on what's important to them and living, you know, just better in general. And once I've paid off my student loans, my boyfriend and I are going to save a bunch of, up, up, <laughs> up a bunch of money and hit the road. We're going to go rock climb around the country because that's the main passion that I have in life, And I want to give it my all for a while, and then who knows. But um, thanks again. You've had a big impact on my life and really positive knowing you guys and your work. And um, thanks again for killing it, and I look forward to seeing whatever you guys decide to do.
4: Hey, this is TJ. First of all, I just wanted to say, Josh and Ryan, thank you so much for putting together all of the work that you do. Um, I was introduced to you guys uh, on Netflix in the middle of December, as soon as it came out and completely blew my mind. Um, I really connected with the story that you guys told and I'm a child of the eighties born in June of 81, uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, my parents, uh, moved further East than that and got divorced. And there was plenty of issues there that sounded very similar to your issues, uh, in your story. And, um, I kind of grew up thinking that I could make a ton of money and be very happy, and pursued a career on the West Coast for about eight or nine years and made a boatload of money, or at least I thought I did, and spent a boatload of money. And um, when I saw your documentary, it really resonated with me. And for the last two months, it's made uh, just such a significant difference in my life. So I, I can't thank you guys enough for doing what you do. Um, I, I really have told a lot of people in my family as well that. You know, this, this could be the answer to why we're all so stressed, because it, it seems like I've been asking the question for a long time about uh, why are all of the successful people that I know so unhappy? And it seems like the, the more successful you are, the bigger your business is, or the more money you're making, ultimately, you really just aren't very happy. So when I saw what you guys were doing, it seemed like such a good answer to that question. So, again, thank you very much.
1: All right, y'all. That's it for this episode. If you have a question for The Minimalists, give us a call 406-219-7839. You can also email a voice memo to podcast at minimalists.com. And if you leave here with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time.
0: you got to reach for and you got to grab oh I bet that you'll be fine without it so tear your eyes away or take